Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Your wait is over. The Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is about to start. The Medicare podcast that lost the coin toss. And now pining away for his misspent youth Medicare expert, Doug Jones. I am Doug Jones, as my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, might have just told you. I am here to help you feel very confident about your impending encounter with Medicare, if, in fact, you have a uh, an encounter coming up. I do that by virtue of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, and the 2023 edition is the one that is out right now. I've got to get to work on the 2024 edition very soon. Anyway... Uh, if you were to go to barnesandnoble.com or to amazon.com, you would find that Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, simplest and easiest guide ever, is uh, on sale. And in fact, if you were to go to Amazon, you would find that it's uh, got four permutations. It's got a paperback. It's got an audible that you can listen to. It has a ebook, a uh, Kindle version that you can download to your device. And it has a fantastically designed hardcover version that should outlast all human beings now alive on the face of the earth. So if you're looking for something that's really permanent, that would be the item to purchase. And it's only $22. Uh, wisdom for the ages, I'd like to think. But by purchasing and reading Medicare for the Lazy Man, you're going to find an apt and a very succinct description of Medicare, what you would have to do in order to enroll in Medicare, and what you're going to have to purchase in order to fully protect yourself against unpleasant economic consequences of medical expenses that may occur to you in future years. And once you've done that, you're good to go. And uh, you will then have peace of mind and full financial protection against any sort of surprise or unpleasant medical expenses. So Medicare for the lazy man, 2023, that's what I suggest. And uh, Randy also suggests that we uh, uh, speak together uh, frequently uh, about Medicare subjects. So Randy, let's do that today, shall we? All right. I can do that. But guess what I've got first? I'm afraid to ask. I have... The list of stupid laws that we need to work our way through. How, how could I have forgotten? That's fantastic. <laughs> I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't have any fun at all if I didn't have this stupid law list. Well, I'm, um, I'm hoping you never run out of stupid laws because we'll have to well, go to I another subject. <laughs> I don't think we will, Doug. Uh, I I just have to keep you know updating this list, and there's new stupid laws. I think in uh, hitting the books every day. Yeah, I forgot about that. They're probably enacting stupid laws as we speak. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I we've talked about Kentucky 
the last time we talked, the uh, it's against the law to use reptiles in religion. Which yeah. is, I think that's a good idea. Probably so. So here we go. Now, this time I'm going to play just a little bit different with this game. I'm not going to tell you what state it is, but I'm going to give you a few clues as to what the law might be relating to. I hope it's a lot of clues because these okay. are difficult. <laughs> okay. Well, this this won't be that bad. So anyway, let's say, okay, let me, let me, let me think how to do this. What, okay, this is uh, a law that has been passed in a state down south, and it is uh, going to potentially fine you $500 or imprisonment for not more than six months for sending what to someone's house without their permission. Well, I'm guessing it's not a Christmas card, and the only reason that comes to mind is because it's almost <laughs> Christmas. So we've just talked about reptiles. I don't think you'd have two reptile stupid laws in the same no, uh, week. No. So did I give you enough of a clue, or do you need something else? Well, I'm guessing it's not um, oh boy, uh, cyanide. It's not some sort no, of deadly no. poison. What would it nah. be that one could send someone and wind up going to jail for? Um, would it be a uh, would it be a letter falsifying a uh, a supposed tort, a supposed civil tort? In other words, uh, you've committed this violation. Send me two hundred bucks. Uh, well, you know, that's a great idea, but that's not it. Okay. I, I'm going to have to give up, Randy. This could go on all day and that's not what people came to listen to. Well, let me give you one more clue. So I still haven't told you the state. No, you, you have not. It's in the South though. That narrows it's it down. The, it's in the South and you're going to get fined potentially $500 or imprisoned for not more than six months for sending a pizza to someone's house without their permission. Now, oh boy, out, I'm thinking U.S. mail. Darn it! Out, out, out of the 50 states of the union, what state would take that type of a dim view to receiving an unsolicited pizza? There's only one state I can think of that would take a dim view of having a a pizza sent. I, most people would welcome that with open arms. Yeah, I would send me yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> try try me. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet I won't send you to jail um i'm gonna to have to say that's gonna be alabama well you're close Wait, but no uh, cigar uh, okay louisiana you you best not send is, any un unsolicited pizzas in louisiana although if it was jambalaya that would be a, an entirely different story i'm guessing yes yes absolutely now I have, there is know, no such thing as bad uh jambalaya in louisiana no so. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as a bad unsolicited pizza either. But Right. So I don't understand why Louisiana's got such a dim view of this process, but they You know, do. I'd like to know what it takes to have a law enacted like that. And all it probably takes is one irate citizen. So well, some, yeah. Yeah. somebody sent a, a, an unsolicited pizza to the wrong person. And that person said, all right, I'm going to show them. Here's what's well, the, going to happen the next time they try that. The, the the weird part about this, Doug, is that it's and it's not unique to a town. You know, a lot of these a lot of these stupid laws we've discussed yep. are are unique to a particular town. Okay. This is a, this is a statewide law. 
Well, then that victim was obviously the Speaker of the House or some <laughs> you know highly placed uh, state official, not just a, a, an aggrieved mayor or you know city council member. So this was somebody even higher up than we might have been thinking. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I never occurred to me, but now that uh, we have this law that we've just just discussed, uh, remember our uh, my Canadian nephew, our announcer Drew McMillan, yeah. is. His father graduated from college in the States, then went to Canada and started his career in the pizza business. And he's a highly placed executive of a nationwide uh, pizza company. And I'll bet you he would have access to some research about uh, weird things having to do with pizza. I wonder if we should ask him for a list of things. I think think we need to check that out because that would be a. You know, I you could have seven people try me. You could send seven unsolicited pizzas to me tomorrow, right? And I would I would gladly accept every one of them. <laughs> you would never. You would not have me sent to jail. You would not have nope. me fined up to five hundred dollars. Nope. Well, in that case, uh, that makes you <laughs> that makes you one of my favorite pizza recipients. If I ever decide to start sending unsolicited pizzas. Well, if I get an unsolicited pizza, I know where I'm going to go looking. All I need is a, a little hearty uh, thank you, and I'll be a happy camper. That's right. That's right. So anyway, that's uh, that's our stupid law of the day. And that was pretty so, stupid, I got to tell you. That's pretty stupid. So I am going to encourage us all to move forward with our Medicare uh, stuff and uh, get into the meat of the topic. Let's do that. Uh, this morning... There was some confusion. Uh, The uh, content curator curated a whole lot of content for us, and then we wound up with a couple of of out-of-order articles right on the top of the stack. One of them I put there because she is taking eyeball injections for macular degeneration. And when I saw this question in an email that showed up at my uh, computer, I thought, you know, she would probably appreciate hearing a little detail about this. And uh, below that is a little item that you and I can discuss. And I think uh, that might be more entertaining than this. But let's start the episode with, does Medicare cover shots for my condition? And the question is, I'm turning 65 in February and my health plan has a $6,000 deductible, which I meet every year because I get shots in my eyes for Medicare degeneration and each of those shots is more than $2,500 a piece. I also receive weekly allergy shots from another doctor. And then there's a misprint here, does spay for injections? But I think what it says is, what it really meant to say is, does Medicare pay for injections given at a doctor's office? And the other concern is, how will Medicare pay for this charge? Looking forward to your answer. And this is from Sherry in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I wonder if she's ever been the victim of an unsolicited pizza delivery. Uh, So uh, Sherry is answered in the following way. Most Americans don't know what's covered under Medicare Part B, which is the medical part of Medicare. You might have recognized that this is Tony with an I because she takes a while to uh, get down to brass tacks here. Now, why why is that? It's because she's a she's a girl. See, it's Tony with an I because I'm a girl. Yeah, and I'm Doug with a G because I'm a guy. That's right. Tony and I are uh, kindred spirits in that regard to our 
the final letter in our four-letter first names. But anyway, she says most Americans don't know what's covered under the medical or under Medicare Part B, which is the medical part of Medicare. Leave it to the federal government to try to confuse everybody. They call that medical insurance. Part B, they refer to as medical insurance, when in reality, Part A is also medical insurance, but they call that something completely different. So Part B is referred to as medical insurance, and what it pays is outpatient expenses. Anytime you're not a patient in a hospital or a nursing home uh, or you're not in hospice, then the treatment that you get is covered by Part B of Medicare, but the government calls it medical insurance. And so going on uh, to read what Tony's response to Sherry from Lake Charles, Louisiana is, she says, Medicare and you handbook states that Medicare Part B helps cover medically necessary doctors, services, outpatient uh, care, home health services, durable medical equipment, and other medical services. Sherry, you mentioned that you have a concern about whether Medicare will cover expensive macular degeneration injections for your eyes and allergy shots. If these procedures are medically necessary, then Medicare will pay for those procedures under Medicare Part B. And the next question is, what does medically necessary mean? The term medically necessary as defined by Medicare means healthcare services or supplies needed to diagnose or treat an illness, injury, condition, or disease, or its symptoms that meet accepted standards of medicine. Medicare covers medically necessary doctor services, including outpatient services and some doctor services you get when you're a hospital inpatient, and it covers preventive services. Medicare also covers services you get from other healthcare providers like physician's assistants, nurse, nurse practitioners, social workers, physical therapists, and psychologists. What's the deductible in 2024? Wow, talk about taking a left turn. Nobody asked anything about the deductible. But Tony goes on to say for 2024, the Medicare Part B medical doctor deductible is $240, with Medicare paying 80% of the Medicare-approved amount and you, the beneficiary, paying 20% of the approved amount uh, after, uh, I'm adding here for uh, clarification, after that $240 deductible that has been paid by the insured person. After that, Medicare pays 80% and somebody else has to pay 20%. And then she goes on to say, additionally, during Medicare consultation, um, the uh, Tony says team always verifies that your prescriptions, including doctor's office visits, are also covered under your Medicare Part D plan. Well, I'll tell you, it's a lucky thing you're not having to listen to Tony as your only source of Medicare information because some of this stuff is worded in a confusing way. Uh, but she just somehow switched from Part B to Part D. Oh, Randy has a point to make. Randy, share your thoughts. I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> that makes at least two of us. And if we count the audience, <laughs> thousands more, I'm guessing. So I apologize for not stopping while we were ahead. I should have just read the first little part of this and then, uh, you know, put it down and uh, gave my own explanation. Um, so I, the, as I look through the article, the last little segment says, how can I pay for the 20% out of pocket? To help pay for the 20% out of pocket for Part B deductible, after the Part B deductible is met, 
Many enrolled in Medicare choose a Medicare supplement to help defray the deductibles and out-of-pocket charges. Yeah, yeah, Randy's got his thumbs up now. Kudos to Tony for getting us back on track. I had to skip a huge chunk in the middle that I'm I'm sorry, but she was just wandering off the reservation. And we had to get back into they our They were uh, clearly wandering around on the in the forest someplace, but now we're we're locked right back in on Medicare supplements, which is absolutely what we, what we ought to be locked in on. And here's the thing. I at the very end of this little article, there was a, a point that's unrelated to any of this, but I thought it was interesting to mention anyway so um if you haven't been to see your doctor in three years or more some doctors practices will decide to refer to you as a new patient now normally that wouldn't be a big deal especially if you've got a medicare supplement because with a medicare supplement you're free to go to any doctor you want to whether they consider you to be a new patient or not but what i've been hearing from a lot of my friends lately in arizona which is chock full of doctors is that doctors seem to be really really busy and if you're trying to get an appointment with a doctor you haven't been to before and this is medicare supplement time this is not medicare advantage um you're going to have to wait uh, for some period of time uh, the other reason i read that article is because mary is also getting eyeball injections for macular degeneration and she has heard from other people that they're waiting to be examined for the possibility of having macular degeneration and having to do the same kind of treatment which is not really pleasant but the nice thing about it is medicare considers that to be medically necessary so if you've got macular degeneration either the wet kind or the dry kind then uh, you're going to be taken care of it's just uh if you think you've got that kind of a problem you might want to make an appointment now uh to get in to see that doctor because some doctors have months of waiting lists uh people stacked up waiting to see them now we get to the interesting part at least from my perspective i get get to get back at randy he's always teasing my brain with his brain teasers about stupid laws and so forth and so i have a thing here that's the headline on this is free quiz as though we would have to pay for quizzes and uh in this case maybe we're getting what we pay for um but i would like to ask randy a few questions and see how he would answer them so here's the first question randy and i'm the the question is simple but you're going to have to listen for the answers which of the following statements is true i'm going to give you four statements try care for life always pays first on health care before Medicare pays. That's one statement. Number two, TRICARE for Life does not coordinate with Medicare. Number three, VA benefits do not coordinate with Medicare. And number four, Veterans Affairs benefits act as the secondary payer to Medicare. Which of those four statements is true? Number three. All right. He just picked a number out of the air. He could have picked number seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He says number three. Now, I have to share a little factoid with you, Randy. I have no idea which one of these is true. I mean, I, I think I can guess as somebody who's been immersed in Medicare for a long time. I didn't get the answers with this quiz. So it's possible that we'll never know. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, the other, you know, bizarre thoughts float through my mind. You know that. that. Yep. Yep. So, yep. so as we were talking about, as we were talking about, uh, 
the injectables going into eyeballs for macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then and then they go, if it's medically necessary. And so my little brain, you know where it went? Uh, to sleep, I'm guessing. Why would anybody want to go and say, why don't you shoot some crap in my eyeballs? I don't need it, but just go for it, would you? Well, well I'll tell you, stranger things have happened because uh, there's that whole Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know a person who was actually arrested and charged with that. Uh, her kid is probably, if he survived the whole thing, he's probably in his 30s now. But uh, I heard about that for years thought hey, that's you know that's so weird it could never happen in my circle of friends and lo and behold this peripheral you know a neighbor of a friend of ours basically uh was a munchausen by proxy person yeah. so i i can see munchausen is where you pretend to be sick in order to get all kinds of attention for yourself right, right. yeah yeah so, you know, I could see uh, getting stabbed in my eyeball, uh, you know, to the tune of uh, 2500 or whatever it costs in order to uh, get some attention from a comely uh, eyeball injector. <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I think that I would have to say I wouldn't care what kind of money I got or what kind of, what kind of injectable person I had. There's nobody going to shoot any crap in my eye. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been that lonely, so I'm with you there I, now that I think about it. Second question on our quiz here. This is going to be even worse than the first one because it's not a medical or Medicare question. It's a grammatical question, I think. Oh, okay. I think this it might be a very uh, poorly designed quiz, but I hope it gets better. I'm going to keep trying until uh, either we give up or... Question number two, which of the state of these statements, which of the following statements is most precise? So I'm going to read four statements and you're going to tell me which one you think is most precise. Medicare, Medicaid is a federal and state-based program that offers health coverage to people with low incomes. Medicare is a state program that offers health coverage to people with low incomes. Medicare is a state and federal program that offers health coverage specifically to people with low incomes. And Medicaid is a federal program that specifically offers health coverage to people 65 years and older. Now, in reality, I think we're asking which mm. of those statements is true. I don't think we care which one is most precise. It's the one that's true. Well, I would say that number one is true. You're absolutely right. You were paying attention. Good for you. Medicaid is a federal and state-based program that offers health coverage to people with low incomes. So kudos to you. I can't make that irritating buzzer sound. Number three, Medicare Advantage plans supplement original Medicare. Is that true or false? That is false. You're exactly right. Because they, they, take, they take it away from you. Yes, they do. They take away Medicare and you. and. Or a Medicare it. Advantage schmuck. Yeah, you're you're basically <laughs> enslaved to that That's Medicare right. Advantage plan you have That's until right. the following open enrollment in which you can get out. They put a little dot on your forehead that says Medicare Advantage zombie. Yeah, I thought it was more like a tattoo, but well, in any I... event, okay, question number four, Mrs. P. Uh, that's a sh very short name. Mrs. P is a New Yorker, and she's decided to buy uh, Plan C of Medicare supplements, a Medigap Plan C, to cover some of her costs. She has found two companies in her area that offer this plan. 
One costs $150 a month. The other costs $185 a month. If she is mainly concerned about costs, should she buy the cheaper one? And here are four answers. No, the cheaper one doesn't offer as many benefits. Or maybe the difference in cost is generally a fair indicator that the plan offers different benefits. Number three, maybe both plans might have different benefits that may affect her health care. And the question again was, should she buy the cheaper one? Answer number four is, yes, the cheaper one offers the same benefits as the more expensive one. What do you think the right answer is? I have a note that I wrote to myself a couple, three, four, five episodes ago that says, higher price is not better. So yes, get the cheapest one you can get your hands on. That's exactly right, because all of these plans have, all plan C's have the same benefits. All plan G's have the same benefits. So you're exactly right. Uh, Number five, question number five, generally people must actively enroll in extra help if they have Medicaid and Medicare. Extra help is a uh, welfare program that uh, helps pay some of the bills in drug plans, I believe, for people that are poor. And so that's a true or false question. Uh, I I don't even know the answer to that for sure because I've never been very experienced in the the welfare part of this. But I'm thinking that they have to ask for extra help. So I think that's true. I would agree. I, I think I don't think the government's going to do anything for you without asking. No, and sometimes. Uh, well, you, okay. Let, let me rephrase that. I'm from the federal government. I'm here to help. Yes, uh, Ronald Reagan uh, trotted that out during his speech. Um, Okay, what is an advanced beneficiary notice? This is a real thing that I know the answer to. Here are four possibilities. An advanced beneficiary notice is, one, a Medicare notice that an in-network provider must give to beneficiaries in advance of providing them with medical services. Number two, it's a letter that insurance plans must give original Medicare providers in advance of seeing Medicare beneficiaries. Number three, it's a letter that health insurance plans must give in-network providers in advance of treating a patient to inform them of a Medicare beneficiary's health history. Number four, it's a notice that medical medical providers must give their patients before providing care if they believe original Medicare will not pay for it. So do any of those four answers seem reasonable to you? I'm going to go with number four. Well, you are exactly right on the money. And I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I am not giving him any uh, uh, subliminal uh, hints as to the questions, I don't think. And and frankly, if I were, I'm not sure Randy is capable of, uh, of <laughs> responding to my subliminal hints, but he is right on the money. He's uh, He knows more than he thinks he knows about Medicare. Number seven, which of these statements is true? Here's statement number one. You always pay more for Medicare Advantage plans. Number two, original Medicare provides prescription drug coverage, but Medicare Advantage plans do not. Question number three, you must buy a separate prescription drug plan with original Medicare, whereas some Medicare Advantage plans offer drug coverage. And number four, you can see any doctor in the nation with any type of Medicare Advantage plan. Well, that's certainly not true. So I'm going to go with number three. Yep, right on the money again. Uh, the statement is, you must buy a separate prescription drug plan if you have original Medicare, whereas some Medicare, actually most Medicare Advantage plans, include drug coverage. And frankly, I think you're better off buying a separate drug 
plan because if your co- medical coverage is good, but your drug plan turns out to uh, go south on you the following year, as they can do without even you know uh, any warning or, or pre- any law preventing that, then you can just swap it out for a new drug plan for the following year. But if you have a Medicare Advantage plan where it's all rolled up into one and your drug coverage uh, starts to smell a little funky, you're not going to be able to replace it without replacing the whole plan. So I think that's really an advantage to be able to have your drug coverage separate. Number eight, Mrs. K is asked to leave the hospital where she has been staying, but feels that she is not well enough to do so. Mrs. K should request an immediate review of the hospital's decision to discharge her by contacting which organization? And there are four organizations here, Hospital Quality Center, Quality Improvement Organization, Hospital Appeals Review Entity, or Maximus, which sounds like a cable TV channel. <laughs> which of those Which of those organizations would you contact if they were trying to throw you out of their hospital? I'd go for number three. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, is that right? No, no, nope, you're you're close. It's number two, the Quality Improvement Organization, QIO. I don't know why, and I don't know how you find them, but that's what I remember. I've I've, I've never heard of ones. <laughs> well, there may not be one. It may all be the, made up. The Quality it, Improvement Organization has yet to be formed. It's entirely possible they don't even have a telephone yet. Number nine, you cannot have both Medicare and Medicaid at the same time. Is that true or is that false? That uh, Medicare and Medicaid, yes, that's true. That is true. You're exactly right because some people are old enough to be qualified for Medicare, but they're too poor to pay for it. And so Medicaid steps in and pays for a lot of their treatment. Number 10, Medicare Part A generally does not cover which of these things? Hospice? home health care, doctor services provided in hospital settings, or inpatient hospital care. Which of those things does Part A of Medicare not cover? Read the number one and two again. Okay, hospice and home health care. I don't think Part A has anything to do with hospice. Okay, well, that's a tough one uh, because it's the right answer is Part A does not cover uh Ooh, you know, some part A is, it does cover hospice. Now, let me think about this. I think it's home health care. Part A does not cover home health care. Oh, okay. Nope, nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was uh, the, the answer I was thinking about all the time was doctor services provided in hospital settings. Part B always pays for the doctor. That's the rule to remember. Part B of Medicare pays for the doctor. Part A pays for the bills when you're trapped like your inpatient in a hospital or a nursing home or a hospice uh, you know, facility, but it doesn't pay for the doctor's visits to you. So uh, the correct answer is Part A does not cover doctor's services provide, provided in hospital settings. So question 11, what is original Medicare? This should be an easy one even for Randy, who is not a Medicare kind of guy. Uh, Number one, managed care plan offered through private insurance companies. Number two, the managed care plan that allows plan members to go outside of the plan's network to see health care providers. Number three, uh, original Medicare is the state program that's comprised of parts A, B, C, and D. And answer number four is the traditional fee-for-service program offered directly through the federal government. 
you're looking for the correct answer for original Medicare. Well, it's worded a little strange, but I'm going to go with number three. Well, it's the answer is number four. And uh, you're right. You are right to be a little concerned about the wording. And it does sound like that would be correct. But in this case, original Medicare is the traditional fee-for-service program offered directly through the federal government. So, yeah, close but no cigar on that one. Number 12, Medicare home health care is which of these? Non-medical care provided at a nursing home. Non-medical care provided at the home, such as cooking or cleaning. Skilled care and home health aid services provided at home to treat an illness or injury. And number four, long-term care services provided at a nursing home. Which of those is covered by home health care? Number two. No, number three. Oh, oh there. Darn it. Darn it. Number it, the, the home health care refers to skilled care and home health aid services provided at home. <laughs> you got you got the word home in there about four times, so that should have been a hint. Oh. Uh, but it I, but I wasn't I messed up my numbers. That was the one I that that was the one I meant to pick. Okay, well let's put your initials right next to that one and we'll give you credit for that. <laughs> but it is skilled care at home to treat uh, an illness or an injury. Number 13, which of the following statements most accurately describes a transition fill? So one, prescription drug refills offered by Part D plans once every year. Number two, prescription drug refills offered by Part D plans every time you transition from a hospital to a skilled nursing facility. Number three, a policy. Now, a transition fill is a policy that allows new members of Part D plans to get a temporary coverage of medications that they were already taking. And the fourth answer is a policy that allows new members of a Part D plan to get coverage of medications that they are new to taking. I'd have to go with number three. You're right on the money. Ah, you've already redeemed yourself. Good answer. A transition fill is basically, it allows you to uh, change from one drug plan to another. And the second plan might not cover your drugs you've been taking, but they give you some temporary medication that you have been taking in order to accomplish a transition to the new plan. And that gives you time to either find out if there's something else you can take on the new plan's formulary that might be uh, effective, and also to file an appeal to the new plan asking them to pay for the drug that you've been taking under the old plan. So question 14, what does it mean if a provider takes assignment? One of the answers is the provider agrees to accept Medicare but can charge you up to a 35% coinsurance for services. Another answer is the provider is assigned specific duties by Medicare to treat patients with quality care, or the provider accepts Medicare's approved amount for services as payment in full, or the provider is assigned a specific Medicare patient by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. That would be number three. Good for you. Right on the money. The provider accepts Medicare's uh, approved amount for service as payment in full. A Medicare summary notice is a bill you get from original Medicare that lists the health care services you've received over the past three months. Is that true or false? Mm, I think it's false. Okay. I think it's true. But once again, I don't have the answers here, but a Medicare summary notice, most often those of us in the business call that a uh, uh 
a uh, EOB, an explanation of benefits. But of course, Medicare can't use traditional language. It has to use things like Medicare summary notice. But I think that's equivalent to an EOB, which makes this true. It explains the services you've gotten from them uh, over the past period of time. Number 16, which parts of Medicare will usually, or which part or parts of Medicare will usually provide coverage for immunosuppressant drugs? So that could be either B and D or A and B or part B or part A. Hmm, let's go with A and D. I'm going to go with B and D because B could cover drugs that you receive in a doctor's office. And D, part of that same answer, would be prescription drugs that you apply or that you ingest yourself or that you you give to yourself. So I think I'm going to have to mark you wrong on that one. Darn it. <laughs> Question 17, Medicare Part A buy-in is available in all states, meaning if you don't qualify for free Part A of Medicare because uh, you haven't had enough uh, hours of work or uh, quarters of uh, work history under taxable income, then uh, can you buy in? Can you pay a premium for Part A of Medicare? Is that available in all states or not? No, it's not. Okay, I think it is. My answer. Oh. But, but once again, I don't have the right answer, so you could be correct and I could be wrong, but I believe that that is a federal benefit. And um, if people want to have Part A of Medicare but haven't worked enough to earn it uh, premium-free, then they can pay a premium of several hundred dollars a month to have uh, hospitalization insurance through Medicare. Number 18, Ronald is disabled and has Medicare. He is not yet 65 years old. He turned down Part B, that what a moron, and is now facing a Part B premium penalty. Ronald will unfortunately be stuck with a Part B premium penalty for the rest of his life, provided that he does not qualify for any assistance programs. Is that true or false? That is true. You're right on the money there. That is true. If you screw up and decide not to enroll in parts of Medicare that you're eligible for, the, the late enrollment penalty, if you come around to your senses someplace down the road and decide to go ahead and, and apply for Part B of Medicare or Part D drug plans, then you're going to pay a late enrollment penalty for the rest of your time in Medicare. Question 19, Mr. Jones is disabled, 62 years old, and he works for a company that has 80 employees. He has both original Medicare and insurance from his employer. Mr. Jones need, needs Medicare. Generally speaking, one of these four statements is true. Medicare will pay for the entire cost of his medical care, or Medicare should pay first on any medical care he receives, and his current employer insurance should pay second. Number three, his current employer insurance should pay first on any medical care he receives, and Medicare should pay second. And number four, Mr. Jones will most likely have to pay for medical care out of his own pocket. Do you know which of those four answers is accurate? Mm, that's a tough one. It really is. And I don't, it's unfair of me even to, uh, you know, you're, a, I, you're not a Medicare expert and I am barely one. And so I'm not even going to make you go through the stress of trying to come up with an I'm, answer. I'm going to say that in that particular situation that 
the company insurance would pay second. I think that's exactly wrong <laughs> because oh, I believe darn it. <laughs> I believe the feds are looking. Oh, excuse me, eighty employees. The the uh, trip point here would be a hundred employees. So I think you're right. I think the uh, company insurance would pay first. Medicare would pay. Oh, excuse me. Uh, which which answer was it? That was. Um, I said in, the company insurance would have to would pay second. Pay second, yes, and I believe that's correct because when you get to a hundred employees, the government makes the employer plan pay for pretty much everything. Under a hundred employees, when you've got a disabled person on the workforce, then I believe that um, the uh, company plan pays second and Medicare pays first. Uh, that's my speculation here. Uh, number twenty. Here's our last question, Randy. Individuals need to have a certain income in order to be eligible for Medicare. Is that true or false? No, it is not true. Right on. It's, fa it's false. <laughs> you are correct. It is false. So you we're finished wish, with that. You may wish you had more income, but you don't need a minimum amount to have to qualify for Medicare as long as you work. Well, I also believe we've set a record. Uh, this may be the longest episode we've ever recorded. It probably is. It's, it's getting up there. I know those, we could have killed the crickets off twice in the amount of time that we've been uh, well, yakking Well, all away I know is, is I've got four of them laying on my desk with their little legs up in the air. <laughs> well, I'm sure that uh, there are some others in their little cricket hutch that uh, are <laughs> ready to replace them the next time we get together to record. Well, you know something? We have definitely overstayed our 75 cents so let's go ahead and land the plane i'm gonna bring it in on 23 left today okay all righty and but before i do there's always a few things that i need to cover with y'all if you want to reach out to doug and he loves to hear from you you can reach him at an email address of dbj at mlmmailbag.com that's dbj at mlmmailbag.com Always remember, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. If you can find a place, now granted, we're coming right down to the brass tacks on uh, 2023 here, but if you could find a place to float a couple reviews for us on the content that we produce, the podcast, the books, you know, whatever we produce, we would really like that because it helps us out at the end of the year. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. We could have been a number of different places, but you weren't. You spent some time with us at MedicareForTheLazyMan.com yeah. podcast. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, but, you know, ultimately you should have been watching your wristwatch, but if you weren't, we have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He is up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And I'm going to put him in. Well, you know, he's in his fortress of solitude. So I'm going to put him in because he doesn't have oxygen in the fortress of solitude. Get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> so I'm going to put him down at 6,500 feet. Oh, God. Warmth and oxygen, two things I dearly love. Thank you so much, Randy, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>